Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is Allie, and we are so happy you're here. Yeah, you can say Merry Christmas. We can say that back to each other. I love that. I love you guys are a little more responsive than usually I do this at the 9 a.m. and people are like asleep at that time. So I like hearing you guys talk. We never take for granted the gift that it is to gather, and we're so honored that you would choose to be here with us tonight. We're here to celebrate something truly incredible, and that is the birth of God in the human of Jesus. We call this the incarnation, God choosing to come to us as one of us. We heard from the Gospel of Luke earlier where an angel appears to shepherds and calls this good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. As we explore what that good news means for us, I want you to imagine for a moment that you are God. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong with this exercise, so just go with me. You are God. You have, as the genie says in Aladdin, phenomenal cosmic power. I have little kids, so we watch a lot of Disney movies. Phenomenal cosmic power, which means you can do anything any way that you want to. Nothing is impossible for you. And as God, imagine that you create this perfect world out of love. You say that it's very good. And then one day it shatters. The people that you've created to live in this loving, safe relationship with you are separated from you. They question if you're good or if you're even real at all. They live with deep pain and brokenness, hurting themselves, hurting each other, and hurting this world that you've made. Instead of living in your abundance with love, with joy, with peace, their lives are marked by scarcity, greed, fear, and struggle. And your heart breaks because you alone know it was never meant to be like this. So you promise that you will be with your people and that one day you will come to rescue them. You will come to them to redeem all that's been lost, all that's been hurt, all that's been destroyed. Now, as God, this rescue operation could look any way that we want it to, right? We get to choose. We have unlimited power. So who picks the option of coming as a poor baby? Anybody? Jesus did. Yes. Yes, exactly. Jesus does. Which is crazy because Jesus chose to come to a poor family from a consistently oppressed people who are currently under a brutal occupation from Rome. He then went on to grow up and be executed by this Roman Empire. Now, as I'm imagining this, I can understand coming as a king or some sort of ruler or a soldier or even like a secret agent or something like that or like a cultural icon. Like maybe I would come back as like Taylor Swift or something. I don't ever in my wildest imaginings do I imagine coming as a poor baby. And I feel like as a room full of former and some current babies, we get this on a deep level that there are few things less powerful and more vulnerable in all creation than a human infant. 
I've had two of them, and I will tell you, there is nothing, nothing less powerful than a human infant. Now, I don't want us to get confused. This is the greatest rescue operation in the history of the world. And yet, right away, we notice that God's doing something different. God's not doing it as I would do it if I were God, or likely as you would do it if you were God. And this is important to note right off the bat, because the challenge for us here in this room is that we have likely heard this story before. And we've probably heard this story a lot of times. And the problem in that is that it makes it hard for us to actually hear this story. If you're like me, you have a nativity somewhere on your home, in your home. My daughter mixes up words a lot, and so she calls it the lavatory. And we don't actually know where she got this, but she'll be like, I just broke the lavatory again. And we're like, which one? Uh, but the nativity, we have a nativity on our mantle. And it is this sweet little nativity. But that is not the story that we get in our Bible. The story that we get in our Bibles is very dark. It is very gritty, and it is deeply real. God chose to come during challenging and traumatic times in world history. Roman oppression was ruthless, and Herod, who is the ruler over Judea at this time, which is where our story is taking place in Bethlehem, was known, he was legendary among even the Romans for his cruelty. This man was not a nice guy. When the angel comes to the shepherds in the Gospel of Luke saying, do not fear, it's not just this general like, hey, you don't have to be scared anymore. It's a very practical reassurance because everyone at this time lives in terror of Herod and of Rome. This very idea of incarnation, God choosing to come to us as one of us, or I love as Eugene Peterson put it, God becoming flesh and blood and moving into the neighborhood, was so radical that for the first, give or take, 300 years that Christianity was around, nobody even knew what to do with this. Ancient Near Eastern religions had plenty of instances of God's coming to earth to interact with humans, usually to mess with humans. If you've ever read like Greek or Roman mythology, they really like to mess with humans. But they don't have any stories of God's becoming humans, being born, and then getting killed by humans. That wasn't a popular myth at the time. People thought this was too crazy to be true. What kind of God would do this? But they also thought it was a little too crazy to be false because what kind of human would make this up? This isn't exactly like a great selling point if you're trying to convert people to this fake religion that you're starting. You wouldn't do it like this. And I want us to understand that the incarnation is totally wild. It's very unexpected. But it is not a departure from who God has shown God to be in the Old Testament. It's a deepening of God's character. Throughout the Old Testament, we see a God who is continually present with God's people. We see this through specific events like the Exodus, when the Israelites leave Egypt. We see this when the Israelites are in the wilderness before they enter the promised land. We see this in the lives of specific people like Abraham or Noah or Jacob. We see this in the messages God gives through the prophets. And we see this in God's own promises to the people. Like, never 
will I leave you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I will bring you back from here. The incarnation both continues this long-established pattern of God's presence with us, and it profoundly deepens it because the fullness of both God and humanity exists together in the person of Jesus. Emmanuel truly is God with us. And this matters because Christmas isn't just about remembering something that happened long ago to people living far away from here. Christmas invites us into the incarnation to live the reality of God with us in our own lives. God's presence isn't just for some people at some times anymore. It's good news of great joy for all the people. This means when we cry out in the midst of the brokenness and the darkness and the agony of this world, asking, God, are you here? God, are you good? God, can I trust you to love me and take care of me, even if it looks different than how I would want you to do it? God answers, yes, 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 yes. The incarnation is God's resounding yes. Christmas declares that God isn't somewhere out there waiting for you to get it together. God isn't somewhere up there waiting for things on earth to just play out until it's time for God to come back. God is right here with us. Through the incarnation, it's as though God lights this tiny little match in the darkness and says, I am here. You don't ever have to wonder again where I am. You don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to wonder if I'm safe or if I'll take care of you or if you can trust me. I told you that I would come and I'm here. It's as though God is putting this little match like a stake in the ground and saying, this is the world that I've made, and I've come back for it. I'm never leaving it again. I'm here. I've got you. I'm bringing this light into the world, and the darkness will never again overcome it. I love how Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, said it. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Nice little wordplay on the rising sun. Within the person of Jesus, who is both fully human and fully God, God takes every aspect of creation, every aspect of humanity back into God's arms so that all can be redeemed, so that all can be made right so that all can be restored to live with God as we've been created to live. Because of the incarnation and what God does through Jesus' death and resurrection, by the presence of God's Holy Spirit here, we are invited to live all of life with God right now. And as we live with this God who is with us, God transforms us. 
the light that God lit in the world through the incarnation now burns in us. As we become the hands and feet of Jesus here in the world, this light shines through us into the darkness that we live in. And our prayer for you tonight and tomorrow and in all of the days to come is that you will personally experience this good news of great joy that is Emmanuel, God with us. And together, we may learn to live all of life with God who wants to live all of life with us. Amen.